The best way that I can describe this super wild card weekend is like this. It was a fantastic cheeseburger with two soggy buns. That's the best way that I can describe this weekend. But before we get into that, Sam, this, I mean, the last show that we did, we, we started off on, on a bit of a downer. You know, we were talking about the flu. We were talking about fleas, pink eye. It wasn't all that cheery. We're a week removed. How are you feeling now? You know, I still have um, a little congestion, but the pink guy's gone. Um, feeling great. I had probably the longest weekend of my life this last weekend with MLK. I just had, I was, I don't think I've watched more girls volleyball. Teen year old, 13 year old, 16 year olds, girls volleyball more in the last three i've watched it more in the last three days than i think i have ever in my life let's clarify that for everybody sam is a coach he's not voluntarily no no i'm actually i actually have no affiliation with any of the players i just like go in with my binoculars you know just (laughs) oh somebody's gonna report the show yeah (laughs) um yeah no um yeah yeah i mean you said you were gonna be busy i mean but i mean at least you at least you knew it was coming you know I don't think I could have prepared for what had happened. I mean, it is an all day. I feel like a babysitter. <laughs> if I could just get on my soapbox here, um, like I'm just taking care of these kids and I'm saying things to them that I never imagined. I would say to um, a group of players, it's like things that coaches in the past said to me. And I was like, Oh, that's, like, that's such a cliche. Like, that's why they were saying that to me. Or like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe I'm regurgitating the stuff that I was rolling my eyes at all these oh. years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're just going to give me heart attacks. I know. Well, here, you know what? Um, let's move off of that, then. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I thought Okay, okay. Start, I'm, stepping, we... I'm stepping off the soapbox. I... Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, I wanted to start off a little cheery, and now we're already, we're already down in the dumps. So... Let's uh let's circle my way let's circle the way back to the uh that that burger analogy that I made and okay. the reason the reason why I say this weekend um uh, was like a fantastic burger with two soggy buns is the first but game that, wait 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 if the burger has soggy buns then it can't be a fantastic burger I, well here let me let me sort of elaborate a little bit so the bookend games that we had, the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, those two games were not all that interesting. Those were the two buns of the weekend. But the middle, the contest. I, I cannot disagree more. The oh Well, that's because the 49ers game went in your favor. <laughs> well, but if you're talking about stories, those might have been the two biggest stories coming out of the week. I mean, Tom Brady losing – um, who knows where he's going to go now, if he's going to retire. This is the GOAT of the NFL. I'm not talking and about the storylines. Up... I'm talking about the actual game itself and the compelling nature of the competition. I mean, the Chargers-Jaguars game, that was they – came down, they came back from 27 points. The Dolphins and the Bills. The Dolphins were never supposed to be in that game, and they turned it into a game. The Giants-Vikings game went down to the very, very end. The Ravens Bengals game again wasn't supposed snooze, to be all that fest. wasn't supposed to be all that competitive and still ended up being literally like going down to the last drive. The Cowboys Bucks game was never close and the 49ers Seahawks game was also never really close. Yes, it was, but it was. The Seahawks were winning at halftime. Yeah, How is but, that not compelling. But it, but what I mean is that in terms of the other games I, I would rank it probably fifth on the most interesting games this weekend, just based on everything that had happened. And, and it really has nothing to necessarily do with the 49ers per se, but more trying to just capture the idea that these other four games were just, they were outstanding well, in comparison in terms guess, of like drama. I guess you're not compelled by success because the fact that Brock Purdy was able to go from his worst half of football to his best has, half of football in his first playoff game, I think is pretty remarkable. Well, I raise you the exact same scenario with Trevor Lawrence, going from probably the worst half in his of any quarterback's entire career to the best <laughs> half 
of his entire of anybody's. He, at one point, I think he was four for thirteen and had three interceptions. I mean, <laughs> it was just terrible. And then all of a sudden, he turned into Superman and just decided well, to go crazy in the second half. Yeah, turned into Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Um, but the stories coming out, I think it's all Niners. Niners, 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 Niners. I disagree. Um, let's. So I have what I have done is through these six games, I have given each of these six games a movie title. And um, I will I will ask you which order you want to go in. Do you want to start from the very end of the week and work in reverse order, or do you want to start and go in chronological order, starting with the Seahawks and moving our way all the way through the Buccaneers-Cowboys game? Oh, so I don't have to guess? No, what, no, no, no. What no, game no. there? Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, we can go. We can go back to front. All right, back to front. Back to front. Let's start with the Cowboys. Movie title that I gave this game is "If This Is the End, Thank You," and the reason, obviously, why it's a pretty long title. Yeah, well, um, if we, the reason why, <laughs> obviously, the reason why I give it that title is because of Tom Brady. And as much as I would like. I mean, we could talk about Dallas and how well they played. You can listen to any other, literally any other sports show in the world, and they're going to talk about Cal- the Cowboys and how well they played. So if you want to get your fill there, go ahead. I want to start the show talking about Tom Brady, because if this is his last game, um, I mean, it's just one of those, it's just one of those careers where I don't even want to say it's one of those careers because his career really is one of one. And uh-huh. as much as I have spent a lot of time uh, disliking Tom Brady, at least in the terms of not like sports hate, not not actual like personal hate, like I just have rooted against him. Um, these past couple of years, I've really come to at least root for him a little bit more, especially because he's in the NFC. And if this really is the the final run for Brady, I mean, it's been it's been incredible to watch. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that he was actually able to win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers in his first year um, was incredible. I, it's it's a shame that that set the expectations so high that it really felt like a couple of down years, these last two years. And to think that he could potentially go out on one of his least successful years um, I mean, it's just, it's not part of the script for him. Like with all the greatness that he's accomplished in his career, it just makes sense that he's going to go out or at least close to the top at the top of his game. So I just don't believe that this is the end. Yeah. I mean, it, for him, some, some players, I think, when you when when they get to the end of the when when they get to the end of their career, you'd like to see them go out on top. And it, you're right; it does feel it would feel not unsatisfactory, but I feel like it would just be more palatable for everybody. You know, if if he did win one more Super Bowl, as as crazy as that is to sound, and leave on on that high of a note, not that him having you know and i'm looking at his stats right here it's not like i mean it may be a down year by by his standards but let's put it into perspective here he had a passer rating of 90.7 he threw for 4700 yards he had 25 touchdowns nine interceptions um and he also completed 450 passes um so it's not like he had a terrible year or anything like that but obviously when you know your name is tom brady and you know, the expectation is Super Bowl. And I think for well, for him their team sucked. Well, yeah, the team absolutely was was just not good. So um t- taking that all into perspective, I know that maybe you know, halfway through the year we all kind of realized it probably wasn't in the cards. Um and it would, as fans of Brady, be nice to as much as as crazy as it is as it is to say, would be nice to see him maybe win one more and go out on top um, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, sort of going out with, with a whimper. Well, I think the best thing for him would it be would for, for him to establish prior to, say if it's next year, come out and say, hey, this is going to be my last year. Because mm-hmm. I think that, like he was just taking so many shots from the media of his – 
I mean, let's be honest, lackluster play that resulted in a pretty disappointing season for Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, his numbers did look bad, right? But I think there's just things that we are accustomed to seeing from Tom Brady that just propels his teams to wins that they were just losing to pretty inferior opponents. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the way to get around that is to say, Hey, like just one more this is one more time. So then every single fan base is going to be like, you know what? Got to appreciate Tom Brady. Cause it's the last time, right? There's no more, there's no more jealousy, no more angst. It's just, Hey, appreciation the whole year. I agree. It would be, it's going to be interesting to see what he ends up doing because apparently he already has a deal lined up to, as soon as he's done to be in the broadcast booth. Yeah. With um, Fox. Oh yeah. The 300 plus million dollar deal. Oh yeah. So, I mean, he's gonna, even when, he, even though he'll be gone from, you know, playing, he'll still be around. Um, so, you know, we're not going to be totally devoid of, of Tom Brady. I think it's going to be really interesting listening to him. Um, and I hope that they find a place for Greg Olson because I think that's who took his spot while, you know, Brady decided to still play and Greg Olson is really good. So I hope that, uh, I hope that Greg gets a chance to, to go somewhere uh, and continue doing games. Um, there's going to be obviously more time to give Tom Brady his flowers. We just have so many games that we have to get to. Um, if this is the end for Tom Brady, then it has been a spectacular ride and just a joy to watch. And if it isn't the end, then I guess we'll all look forward to, uh, to watching him compete, you know, for one more season or, um, or, or one or two. I think speculations right now is that the Raiders are going to go try to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be, that'll be hey, very interesting. But yeah, I know. I mean, and, uh, RGM too. So I mean the the line there is easy to is easy to, easy to see why people would make that connection. So um, if he does indeed come to the Raiders, then we will have a lot to talk about then. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, quickly just to Dallas, um, Dak Prescott played. I mean, out of his mind, twenty five for thirty three, three hundred five yards, four touchdowns. Tony Pollard, um, seventy seven yards. Um, I mean, the Cowboys played. They had they had really good balance yesterday. I thought I, um, I thought they're, um, I mean, because looking at it right here, so Tony Pollard had 15 carries, Zeke had 28, and then Dak ended up rushing seven times. So their their uh, run to pass ratio was really really good. They were really even throughout the whole game. They just dominated from start to finish. It was a little scary on the defensive end. Micah Parsons left for a little bit. He had a little bit of an injury, but he eventually did come back. Um, if Dallas is going to do anything in the postseason, they're going to need to replicate exactly what they did against the Buccaneers because that's when they're at their best, when, they're, when their sort of run-pass ratio uh, is about one-to-one and their defense, led by Micah Parsons, is just playing out of their mind. So this is Dallas's blueprint moving forward, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's been sort of the – the blueprint for Dallas over the years is, hey, you got to start too reliant on Dak. You need to feed Zeke. And then Zeke started deteriorating a little bit, started slowing down. And they found a gem in Tony Pollard this year where they can sort of mix and match and get really good matchups where the speed of Pollard is a good asset and then the power of Zeke is a is a nice spot in certain situations that which just complements and makes it easier for Dak to um, create some space with play action and get the ball to CD to Gallup to Brown to Dalton Schultz who's come alive late this year, this year. I mean, coming out as maybe a top five tight end in the league with how well he's playing and producing with Dak. Um, at the, Cowboys do this. They've done it a couple times this year. They've done it in past years. They make you think, man, if this team plays like this, they could win the Super Bowl. The only problem is you don't really see them play like that on a consistent basis. Right. So my question to you then, are you as, are you at all nervous next week for the 49ers taking them, taking them on? You know, I think the Niners are a good matchup because we talked about, right, Cowboys um, sort of get – they go as their rushing attack 
goes. And the Niners have the best rush, rushing defense in the NFL. Um, so I think that's a positive matchup for them. Um, knock on wood, the Niners are healthy at the right time. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, honestly, I think the Niners are a good matchup against anyone right now with how well they are playing. With the absence of the Eagles and the Chiefs playing this previous weekend, the 49ers looked clear in a way like the best team. Like it, like it wasn't close in my mind. Um, like I said, we didn't get to see the, the Chiefs or the Eagles play. And if Jalen Hurts wasn't you know, semi-banged up, I'd still think I would fa- – I, I, I don't know who I would favor truthfully. On a, now, that I, now that I'm saying it out loud, watching the 49ers play the way that they played, it's hard to argue that, they, that they're the best team in, in, the, in the playoffs right now. So that matchup's going to be really interesting. We'll get to all four of these games later on in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's bounce back to the Bengals-Ravens. This one we don't have to spend a ton of time on. The movie title I gave this one was David Almost Beats Goliath Part 2 because this was the second game um, where a David almost beat Goliath. And this game, to me, the, the storyline that I heard coming out of this was if LeBron Jackson had played, the Ravens win. And I can't really argue with that. But I also have to give credit to Tyler Huntley for playing really really well like m- with minus that fumble minus yeah. that fumble that turned but is that his, his is that his fault i mean that's sort of on the play calling well i don't think it well you can when you call a qb sneak i don't think you envision that your quarterback's going to jump and extend the ball <laughs> <Go airborne. laughs> yeah and then just extend it and just lay it out there for everybody so i think that that a little bit is on is on him in that sense um but I think as a coach, you also can – I think it's a two-sided coin. It's hard to be super mad at him for it because he's just – he's fighting to get to the goal line, doing everything that he can to get there. And I really wanted that game to go – I didn't want that game – I mean, truthfully, I wanted the Bengals to win because I want I wanted selfishly to see the Bengals and the Bills. But I didn't want the game to be determined by a mistake by Tyler Huntley, and it just felt like that fumble – really was the the determining factor for the outcome. Well, it was. I mean, that was the game-winning touchdown right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of uh, – you, you updated me during the game, and I, that was the only – I think that was the only game I watched all weekend, and I was just watching in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you told me that the Ravens defense – since Lamar's been out, which is like the last five, six games, um, is playing up there with the best defenses in the NFL. And they, yeah, I mean, they looked phenomenal against a great Cincinnati offense. Well, to put some uh, to put some stats to that, the Bengals only had two hundred and thirty-four yards, uh, one hundred and eighty-three passing yards, and fifty-one rushing yards. They were only averaging four yards a play, and they only had eighteen first downs. Um, they punted three times as well. And the Ravens won the time of possession battle too. Um, it was really just, it was really just that one play that kind of flipped everything. And I know selfishly, I think a lot of people wanted to see the Bengals and bills play each other. Um, but yeah, it's hard to argue if Lamar was there, the Ravens probably win that game. Yeah. We don't know what Lamar necessarily looks like with his injury. Um, you know, they played great. Um, I'm ecstatic that Cincinnati ended up moving through. I think that would have – and no no shot to Baltimore in any way, but if Baltimore were to move on to go play Buffalo, I think everyone would be a little bit let down mm-hmm. at what, what could have been. Yeah, and I think – it, I mean, obviously the Bengals and the Bills, when they played, obviously the DeMar Hamlin um, incident happened. So I, I, I can't – I imagine that before that game, there's going to be something something um, done to sort of honor DeMar um, before that game. And that will be really, really something something fun to watch. It's in and special Buffalo? We'll see. It is in Buffalo. Interesting. Yeah. Um. All right, so the Bengals are moving on. The Ravens are going to be going home, and that's going to be a storyline that we're going to have to follow in the offseason, what happens to Lamar Jackson, because there are some serious, 
serious talk about him not being a Raven next year. And if that ends up happening, then, you know, forget Tom Brady. Raiders. <laughs> like, no, wow. Not, forget it. I mean, if, if if he's out there, you you at least have to make the call. You know, that like you can't you can't not fit in Josh McDaniel's system. Probably not, but I you know, one can hope. Because <laughs> Josh doesn't like running the ball. But here's so the thing. Here, but, but here's the here's the thing. I'm I'm thinking two or three steps ahead. And my thought process is they bring in Lamar. They sign him to a like a long-term deal. They realize McDaniels isn't the coach for him and then they get rid of him. That's I'm thinking I'm thinking two, three steps ahead. That's that's kind of what I'm That's a pretty poor business plan. Yes, it is. But <laughs> um, sign someone to then realize that they're not a good fit with someone you already have. Yep, so you yep. get rid of that other person. Exactly. It's really just I just kind of want McDaniels out of there. I don't know. Um all right, let's let's move uh, let's move on to the next game. And the title of this movie it can really be summed up in three words: Daniel freaking Jones. Holy oh. holy smokes! I mean, I said it's well, it, a rated, rated R movie. Yes, I <laughs> I said on this uh, show that the Giants were going to win that game, and I felt confident in that pick. But I did not know that Daniel Jones was going to be the first quarterback. Um, I believe in postseason history. I don't want to say in any game, but I believe it's in postseason history to throw for 300 yards, rush for over 70 yards, and throw for two touchdowns. He was outstanding. His final stat line was 24 for 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran for 78 yards on 17 carries. He he accounted for damn near 400 yards of total offense um, in that game. Saquon Barkley had two touchdowns as well. The Giants, the Giants played really, really well. That was an impressive showing. I know Minnesota sort of felt like a paper tiger throughout the whole year, but a what? Wait, wait, a what? A paper tiger. Have you, have you ever heard that saying? No, I've never heard that saying. A paper tiger means basically. I mean, just visualize a paper tiger. They look really scary, but if you kind of, you know, push them over. They're going to crumple. So. A dog that's all bark? No Pretty bite. much. Yeah, all bark, no bite. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Paper and... tiger. Is it because we're Roseville Tigers? Once a tiger, always a tiger? Sure. I mean, we could, we could roll with that. <laughs> um, or we could roar with that. Or we could roar with that. There you go. <laughs> um, so a lot of talk after the game was about Kirk Cousins and that final throw, yep. throwing it short of the sticks. It's hard to say that one play determined the game, and that play. Oh, obviously... he lost it for him. That completely determined the game. What are you doing, Kirk? Thirty-one for thirty-nine, two hundred and seventy-three yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh-huh. Kirk did not play bad that entire game. That decision oh, he played like doggy doo-doo. That decision? No, he didn't. You didn't even watch the game. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> however, however, in that he, situation, he's not prime time, Jason. Well, in that situation. In that situation, I understand that maybe that that route is is open, but I mean it's fourth and eight. Your season's on the line. If there was ever a time to press and maybe throw a risky pass, I mean I feel like that would be the time. So I don't want to sit here and and like bash Kirk and say that they lost that game because of him because because they so clearly did not. But that final decision. Like I said, if there was ever a time to press and maybe throw into double coverage to Justin Jefferson and just say, you know uh-huh. what, and just say, you know what, I'm just going to trust my guy to go make a play, that would have been the time. Yeah, the, like you're talking the exact scenario, fourth and 18 in Buffalo. Yep. Got to have it. Justin Jefferson makes probably the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. Yep. <laughs> um how one game and one play can change everyone's perception of one player. So much of this year as Minnesota had success was, you know, you could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins if you put enough talent around it. Like he's, he's strong enough to do that. Now the last, what, two days is man, Minnesota might want to think about drafting a quarterback mm-hmm. might want to think about moving on from Kirk Cousins. Crazy to think after you have a season where you go 13 and 5. Yeah, 13 and 4. Well, I was including a playoff game. 
Oh yeah, I guess that's that's true. Yeah, but it's weird. It's to talk about the Giants a little bit. Um, man, you called it. You absolutely called it. And I just like to say, if there's any Giants fans that are out there, I'm going to continue to pick against the Giants, which yes. is in your favor. Yes, because they have won every single time I have picked against them. Yep, just keep it rolling. <laughs> And so now that I've addressed it, it's probably not going to happen. But I just want you guys to know out there, Giants fans, G-men out there, I got you. They, yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, during the week, that game, they were legitimately really, really, really fun to watch. Like their offense was clicking, Daniel Jones was just throwing darts around the field. Their defense played well. Obviously, they played well. If you go to uh, Justin Jefferson's stat line, he only um, he had seven catches for 47 yards. I know they let T.J. Hawkinson run all over the field. He had 10 catches for 129 yards. But I think the game plan going in was just don't let 18 beat us, and yeah. they didn't. Um, the Giants right now, and honestly – I'm so glad that the Giants won. One, not be not just because I, I wanted them to win, but now in the second you hate round, the Vikings. That's why. No, but now in the second round we get the Giants and the Eagles, which is another divisional game. And divisional games and playoffs are always fun, um, just because you know the teams are so familiar with each other. So I'm really looking forward to the Giants, the Giants Eagles game. I, I mean, here's the thing, Jalen Hurts, as far as we all know right now is not 100%. The Giants are clicking right now. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win the game, but if we're sitting here next week and the Giants win on a nail-biter, would it be all that surprising to you with Jalen Hurts not being 100%? Yeah, I'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. I think think Philly is is legitimately and has proven it all year that they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, but it's and a I don't game. think I think I think we're blowing out of proportion how injured Jalen Hurts is. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I think he'll be fine with a couple weeks rest. I think he's he'll be fine. Uh, believe me, I'm hoping for it. I've been pulling for the Eagles this whole year. Jalen Hurts was my preseason MVP pick, and I would love to see the Eagles 49ers divisional, I mean, um, conference championships. That's, that's what I'd be rooting for. But Um, does it, does it kind of have the makings of a giants win? I mean, this is the third meeting. That's what I'm saying. These teams are going to have, it's hard to beat a team twice. Really hard. But I, I, I kind of side with Philly. I mean, yeah. I mean, not only is it hard to beat a team twice, it's hard to beat a team three times. Wait, what did I did I say twice? Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> what an asshole. Can't even count. Um, it's hard to beat a team three times, Jason. Unless you're the 49ers playing the Seahawks, because good lord. <laughs> uh, I was pretty worried at halftime. Yeah, yeah. Um. But, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think the Eagles, like you said, they've proven that, they're at, that they need to be regarded as one of the top two best teams um, in the NFL. They were clearly the, number one all the year. Niners. Whoa. No, they were number one all year consistently. As of right now, I actually don't know who I would pick um, as the number one team. I think it's become a little more ambiguous. But It's the, it's the Niners. That's fine. You can say it. it look, I, that's, I know. that's fair. I know you're just not saying it despite me. No, I, I, I'm not. And I, I have I have a take for you later on that I, I'd be interested to um, – because my dad and I were actually talking about this um, the other day. So, look, that game to me is infinitely interesting for a lot of reasons. And the main one being I, I really think that the Giants could win. Would I pick it? I'm not 100% sure. But, again, next week if we're sitting here and the Giants have won – I don't know necessarily that it would be the most shocking thing. And I think it would have to do with one, these two teams are familiar with each other. Two, the Giants are really hot right now. And three, Jalen Hurts is a little bit banged up. So I think the Giants have three things going in their favor. So, I mean, we'll see. Do you think the bye helps Philly? I think so. They were they were a little bit injured 
going into it. And if anything, if it was just Jalen Hurts who was injured, then yeah, of course the bye helped them just because he needs to be healthy. I have a a thought. I mean, because this is the Giants, they've already prepared for this team two times already. This is the third. How much more are they going to gain from an extra week of preparation for this team that they already know so well? Well, they just watched Daniel Jones light it up against Minnesota, so now they have some tape of Daniel Jones just going berserk, and maybe they can try to find, you know, why he was doing so well. So maybe, and that's maybe if we're just talking about X's and O's, they now have tape against Minnesota where he played his best game of the year. So, hey, you know, let's try to figure out why he played his best game of the year. Because they're playing Minnesota's defense, who's given a lot of QBs their best game of the year. Yeah, they were pretty garbage all year. Their defense. <laughs> um, either way, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I, I really do think that that is maybe to me the most compelling matchup of the weekend. Um, interesting. But again, we'll see. Um, Alright, let's head on to the next, the next game, which would be um, David almost beats Goliath, part one. And this <laughs> one um, was the Dolphins-Bills. This game... I mean, I think everybody thought it was never going to be close. I think that was the conventional wisdom heading into the game. And yet the Dolphins' defense and their offense just found ways to just make plays. And I think in part that was because Josh Allen allowed them. I mean, he threw two interceptions. He had that fumble. He was, I mean, for as spectacular as he is, he did have, he was really the reason why the Dolphins were in that game for as absolutely as long as they were. And I have to give credit to, Skyler Thompson and the Miami Dolphins for sticking in that game for as long as they did mm-hmm. all the way up to the very end. I, I think asking anything of Skylar Thompson in that game is just putting him in a very adverse and almost unfair situation. So I think expectations were already probably pretty low going in. And look, I know he went 18 for 45 and had 220 yards, one touchdown, two picks. I get it. But There were also a lot of instances where the wide receivers dropped quite a few. Like the first half, I felt like every other pass, a Dolphins receiver was dropping the ball. He didn't have a ton Mm -hmm. of help. Tyreek Hill wasn't um, fully healthy. And again, he was just put in a massively difficult situation. And to be in the game, regardless of how you were there at the end, I mean – it's a pat on the back to the Dolphins and to Skylar Thompson. Yeah, I was I was really shocked to see that score because I think you'd be happy with that as a Dolphins fan if Tua was starting. Yeah. I think that would have been like, oh, man, that's a great showing from this group. But the fact that it was your backup QB, he, I hate to say it, but I really don't hate to say it. I'd love to say it. McDaniels kind of has that Shanahan factor. Uh-huh just finding a way to have success as an offense, no matter who's under center, no matter who's in the backfield, no matter what is going on around that system and his ability to call a game is going to get success. We just, man, get him to LA. Somehow get Mike McDaniels over to the Chargers. Yeah. And let him call for Justin Herbert. Like, those are just seems like two, a marriage of two people that need the other. Right? McDaniels needs a QB, and Herbert, please, for the love of God, needs a a coach that's going to give him the best chance to have success. Well, since you're talking so much about Herbert, uh, we can move on to the next game, which happened on Saturday. It was the night game. I've got two titles for this one. You tell me which one you like more and we'll move with it. First one okay. is Bolts Down or, okay. all, or All Thunder, No Lightning. Oh, I like Bolts Down. Way bolts, more. bolts Down. All right. Well, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Bolts Down right here because <clears throat> they're down bad. They're down bad. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, the best thing <laughs> – after this game, I reposted 
the the final kick on my Instagram story and basically was like, I know the Raiders played terrible all, all year, but this really does make me happy <laughs> because it's just one of those things where the Chargers just feel like they're cursed for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It just – I saw t- – <laughs> I was looking – because I was at work and when I got, when I, when I got home, I quickly um, looked at my phone. I Googled the score. I was turning it on, but I wanted to see the score. Like as I walked through the door and it was an absolute blowout. And on one of, on the Google page, there was a tweet because they were just showing live reaction to the game. And the tweet said, watch the Jaguars have the Chargers right where they want them. (laughs) Sure enough, it happened. It happened. It felt like it was impossible to imagine that something like that could happen. And it just did. And it 31 to 30 coming down from 27 to zero. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I stopped watching the game when it was 27 zero and I was not, not a true fan. I, well, I'm not a true fan of either one of those teams. So I was what I started watching other stuff, and then I in and I was like, "Oh, the Jaguars are making a little bit of a push. Cool." And then I looked, "Oh, it's a ten point game. Uh, cool. I'll, probably, I'll probably turn it on." And then I I checked again and was like, "Oh my god, it's a three point game." I turned it right back on, and I was like, "Wow, okay, here we are." So I don't even know what to say really about the Chargers. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what it? If you were a Chargers fan, what are you thinking about? Yeah, I'm thinking about. Okay, here's the thing: Are you thinking about getting rid of Staley? Is that is that? Oh man, that's. I think that's where a lot of people went to. Yeah. Whoo! I think that's everybody's gut reaction. I mean, I mean, I thought they they. I was surprised that Staley came back for this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be extremely surprised to see him back next year. Well, rumors are out there that Sean Payton is kind of infatuated with Justin Herbert and that that seems like the a likely destination for Sean Payton. So, even if the Chargers went to the, you know, the conference championship, I still think they probably if they had the opportunity would bring in Sean Payton. But I I mean, Look, the Chargers came out and they were ready to play. They were firing on all cylinders. But, I mean, you got to run the ball more if you're the Chargers, (laughs) man. Austin Eckler cannot have 13 carries in a playoff game. He just can't. Especially when you're up. Yeah, he he just cannot have 13 carries. That, that to me, was one of the more mind-boggling things of the second half was you have this massive lead. Give – your stud running back, the ball. <laughs> yeah, did they get him a lot of touches within the screen game? I mean, he only had um, he only had eight yards receiving. <laughs> oh my gosh! He had two catches. He was like a non-factor the whole game. I mean, he had two touchdowns, but I mean, he always finds the end zone. Yeah, thirteen carries, thirty-five yards, two receptions for Whew. eight yards. I don't know how you don't get him the ball. Especially when you're down a um, like an an option in Mike Williams. Well, and that's the thing too. So they elected to play all of their starters the previous week, and Mike Williams got hurt. So that's a coaching decision right there that may have cost. I I I don't mind that. I don't mind him choosing, or even if it was him or the organization. I don't mind that decision. I don't mind playing your starters the the prior to the playoff game, but you don't need to ride them the whole game. Especially if it's meaningless. When did Mike Williams get injured? Mm, let me see. I don't know if that's easily terrible information. It might not be. Um, but it just—I mean, it doesn't matter. I like the belief and the trust in players. As a, I, I just—I just think we've seen so many times where teams rest all these guys and they come out so flat the next the next time they play Mm -hmm. um i like trusting in if a coach trusts in his players and lets them go out there and just keeps it going 
I look. I get it, but I. I, I mean, to I get it to sort of stay ready, kind of stay warm, quote unquote. But I don't know. It's if the game has no bearing on your playoff standing. I feel like get get them in for maybe a quarter or two, and then sort of yank them. And I cannot find exactly when when it happened. You're right. It's not the most. It's not the easiest thing to try to find, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, Jacksonville, good for them, man. Talk about, talk about going from the laughing stock of the league, mainly because of your coach to being in the, like the final eight after last season, after everything that happened with urban Meyer <laughs> to be yeah. here is just amazing. Uh, it was in the second quarter. Second quarter. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I think this says the most about Urban Meyer. The fact that yeah. this roster is relative—I mean, they you know they they went out and spent. They got they some players. Them. Yeah, they did. They re- they really did. So I can't sit here and say that it's the same team, but I mean, a lot of the players were are the same, and they look night and day different mm-hmm. with just one thing difference, and that's the coach. So I. I but this is incredible job by Doug Peterson. Um, the way that he's kind of unlocked Trevor Lawrence late this season. Um, the fight that this team had. They went from really good early in the year to during the middle. Looked like one of the worst teams and kind of a disappointment to then change, changing that script all the way around and making the playoffs through it all. Um, winning a playoff game albeit probably a guaranteed win because they were going against the Chargers. But anyway, it's it's a win nonetheless, right? Absolutely. It, it, I think it's an incredible – like this is probably for this team, it kind of feels like this is – they're one year ahead in the timeline. Well, so to that, is it more surprising to you that Jacksonville is here or the Giants? Well, I could say the same for the Giants. I feel like the Giants feel like two to three years away from being in the in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean they they just they if they can get like a number like a true number one wide receiver. I mean that well, would that would help them out immensely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just getting those established pieces. Like, I don't even know. Like, don't get me wrong, Saquon is incredible. Oh, yeah. But we don't – like, he is just so new to this situation, and their team as a whole is so new to everything that's going on. It's like, I just want – I just think a couple more years of, like, them being established as perennial great players, even in the playoffs, it's like, that'll just give them – Great players make great plays, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know how often the great players on the Giants are actually going to make those big-time plays that are going to be the difference between winning and losing. Well, the Giants were going to head into this offseason with a decision whether or not they needed to pay Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. I think if you're them, you try to pay both. But if you have to pick one, I think Daniel Jones has done everything – Whoa! He needed to do to go. You know what? You're our guy. You let Saquon walk. Well, if you have to pick between the two, I don't think you let. I wouldn't let Saquon walk. You're saying you would pick Saquon over Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think you can find. Go get Kirk Cousins. Go get Kirk Cousins. You might, you might. I disagree. Go get, get Geno Smith. I disagree. I, think I do you... not think that Daniel Jones is overtly special. He's done everything he's needed to do to prove that he can be a starting quarterback and a, and a good starting quarterback in, uh, for that team. Of course. So is Jimmy G. He's better than uh, Heck, I don't know. Derek Carr. Like there are quarterbacks available. I. I, well, actually, Derek Carr would be available. If you can't pay both Saquon and Daniel Jones, then you can't take on Derek Carr's contract. Probably not, no. Um, heck, do you want to try to get Tom to New York? No. 
No, Travis you stick with Daniel there. Jones. You got to stick with Daniel Jones. But you guys, you've seen how well that that marriage between him and Brian Dayball is, and with Daniel Jones's ability to uh, be a contributing factor in the run, it, it's just so valuable. Um, well, so I, I argue this because <clears throat> Dan, because Brian Dayball demonstrated that he could turn pretty much two quarterbacks around. Yeah. Who Pretty are basically quickly. the same people in in a sense, like they play similar to each other. Yeah, um, wouldn't that give you then the reassurance that hey, we don't really need to force getting Daniel Jones because theoretically Dayball can turn around another quarterback. Yeah, theoretically, but if you've seen what Daniel Jones can do in that offense with him, I don't think you just let him leave. I'm not. I'm not saying you give him the biggest contract ever because I don't, and I don't even think the Giants are even probably thinking that. No, I don't think he. Well, I don't think he's garnering that anyway. But, I don't think that'll be ever on the table. But I think, I think you got to pay him. I he's done enough. But I think you sh- you got to pay Saquon. But I don't da- think you let Saquon out of the building. I don't think you let Jones out of the building either. It's it's interesting. It'll it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what. But they, I think you could go. You could trade for Trey Lance. Yeah, but you could Dave also can, you could also get a different running back too. Well, how many Saquon Barkley's are there? I mean, yes, that's fair, but there's a lot of Daniel Jones in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting conversation. That's a very interesting conversation to have. I think you're a prisoner um, of the moment. I don't know. Um, all right, let's finish this with um, your with your game, the 49ers. And the title for this one is Irrelevant No More. The Ooh. Irrelevant No More. That was more. your best title. Thank you. Say the best for last. <laughs> irrelevant No More. Brock Purdy, 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. I, no picks. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Christian McCaffrey. 15 carries, 119 yards. Debo Samuel, six catches, 133 yards. Ayuk had 73 yards. Kittle had 32 on two catches. He averaged 18 yards a catch. Um, I mean, yeah, George Kittle. uh, I mean, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, the coach, the team, the defense. They're just that good right now. They really are. (laughs) They're just that good. Yeah, I hope they keep it going against against Dallas. Pretty scary that Dallas was or uh, Seattle was up in that game because I thought the Niners were rolling, but they just weren't getting into the end zone. Um, DK had a great game. Yeah, he had ten catches, one hundred and thirty-six yards, two touchdowns. Like they can, and that's the scary part about this Niners defense is there is a clear hole um, at the cornerback position. Hmm. I mean, you have Lenore, and um, I think Ward is back playing on the other side. But, like, teams are just going at Diaminor Lenore. Right. Because he's a little undersized, especially as an outside cornerback. Well, I mean, it, it really hasn't I, – I mean, I haven't watched them, like, the way that you have. Um it doesn't seem to have cost them a lot throughout the, throughout these Cause, games because I mean, their offense is so explosive. No, but right I mean, now. I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about their offense. But I mean, if I mean minus minus that Raider game where they gave up 34 points, I mean, you just go back to their previous couple games. They gave up 10, 0, 17, 7, 13, 20. The Raiders game was 34, 13, 23. Like, yeah, there's a hole at cornerback, but it doesn't seem to be costing them a ton now as you get deeper in the playoffs obviously those weaknesses are going to get yep you know highlighted a little bit more you know, but those games get tighter and then everyone's it's who has the least amount of weaknesses and who can exploit those weaknesses to their advantage yeah guys like aj brown you don't think he's going to have a, a huge game if the niners play the philly i think he's go, he would go over for 140 easy I mean, it's like, I mean, he can go for all that. It's just, they just got to keep him out of the end zone. Oh, God. They just don't match up against 
they don't match up very well against the best wide receivers in the NFL. Right. So here's here's the big question now is who are you gonna who are you gonna pick to make it to the conference championship? Because now we gotta make our picks. We've gone okay. through we've gone through all six games. Yep. And we've given our thoughts. Now we have the matchups. Uh-huh. I'll start I'll start with um, the Saturday games. We'll go in order. Mm-hmm. The first one, the opening game, is going to be Jacksonville and the Chiefs. It's at one thirty on Saturday. Who you got? Uh, give me Kansas City. I agree. I don't. I don't feel like there's a reason to pick against Kansas City at this point in time. I think Jacksonville has been a great story, but I think the Chiefs are just clearing away the better team. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this game could go a little bit like the Chargers game. I, I could see uh, Kansas City getting it out to a little bit faster of a start, and then Jacksonville coming back a little bit. But you got to get the edge to Kansas City. Absolutely, especially when they're at home, too. Yeah, and I mean Mahomes is just playing with all sorts of composure. I will say that Jacksonville's um, defensive line is one of the probably the only strength of their defense, and that's something that could sort of hinder and neutralize Mahomes in that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. I think the game either comes down to kind of the same thing that the Chargers game did, or the Chiefs blow them out. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those two things. Um, all right. So then the night game for Saturday is going to be the Giants and the Eagles. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, I think Philly. Um, I, I, the more we talk about it, I feel like that game has to be tight because the Giants know exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And this is their third crack at it. Um, I just feel like Philly has too much firepower. I agree. I think I'm going to go with Philly as well. However... Um, I do it a little bit hesitantly, just a little bit, only because, like I said, for everything that I laid out earlier, I think that a lot of things are aligning for the Giants right now. A lot of a lot of factors are playing in their favor. So if they do win, I don't think it's going to be overly surprising. But until the Eagles show, I mean, until the Eagles get beat. It's one of those things where it would just be hard to, to pick against them. So, all right, let's move on to the game that we did not get to see for reasons we all know why. We're going to get to see it now. Bengals, Bills. Did they start at 7-3? Did they start at 7-3? <laughs> uh, so, noon. That's the noon game on Sunday. In Buffalo, who you got? Um, I'm going to take Cincy. Cincy. Um, I think they're a little bit more poised to... I just feel like they're a little more methodical in their approach than what Buffalo is. Buffalo is, to me, a little bit hindrant on the big play, where Cincy, I feel like, can get it done in so many different ways and really make you be on your game at every single defensive play because they are just getting getting positive yards every single time. I thought – I have to double-check, but I thought that the Bengals lost – yeah, they're losing – I think they have injuries on the offensive line right now. Yep, they're missing three of their off. They're starting offensive linemen. Yep, yeah. So, and then the big one is Alex Kappa injured his ankle in week eighteen, um, and that's a big one for them. So, there's that. Micah Hyde for the Bills is not going to play. That's big for them. Um, look, I. I, I want to pick Cincy as well, but I, I've, I've felt that this year that the Super Bowl has been, like at the beginning of the year, I said, I feel like this year the Super Bowl is Buffalo's to lose. Um, and 
again, for me, it's like the Eagles until until they actually lose. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna pick against them. So, with everything going into this game, I think they're gonna be motivated because of the Demar Hamlin thing. The last time they played, again, not that they're gonna hold that against Cincy, um, but I think that they have extra motivation heading into this game. They're at home. With all the injuries that the Bengals have on the offensive line, I think I think I have to favor the Bills in this one. Um, and then we have the final game, three thirty. Oh, the capper. The capper again, the Cowboys capper. So it really, is probably the. I mean, Dallas. Anytime there's Dallas, it's going to be a huge potential for a big market. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding the Niners to that. Um, that's it. It is the biggest game. Oh yeah, I think this, this is the ninth time they've met in the playoffs in in history. I which mean, is... two massive fan bases mm-hmm. going at it. Got to go 49ers, though. They're just playing too oh, well. Jason, I appreciate that, man. They're just playing too well. I think I think um, later this year you're gonna get a Brock Purdy jersey. Well, you know what the interesting thing is is I was talking to my dad. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the playoff games and there are legitimately three like I am rooting so hard for the NFC like I really am with the exception of Buffalo like I would be thrilled if the Eagles made it I think it'd be amazing if the Giants made a run and and it would be awesome if the 49ers made it because I I was you know I I was talking to my dad I was like there are so many things to like about the 49ers like my dad is even pulling really hard for the 49ers strictly because of Brock Purdy. He's like, he was saying like the thought of Mr. Irrelevant leading the team to the Super Bowl and winning is just, it would be the, it would be the craziest story ever. And it just would be. And I've told you multiple times, I think George Kittle's amazing. Kyle Shanahan's awesome. Debo's super fun to watch. McCaffrey's awesome. Brock Purdy has added a level of entertainment to the team. They're just a very likable team. And, there are legitimately three teams from the NFC that I'd be like, if they made it, be like, all right, unless you're playing the Bills. And even depending on the team, I, I, I might even just be rooting for pretty much the NFC the entire time. Um, and I only say that I want, like, I'm rooting for the Bills because I really do like Josh Allen. Buffalo has been, <laughs> they have to get a Super Bowl. I mean, that where they went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four, like, that is the worst thing ever. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine being a part of that fan base, having that experience. They need to win one. And if there's ever a time to win one, it would be this year. So, if, I mean, if we got Bills 49ers in the Super Bowl, that'd be one of those situations where it's like, all right, don't really care who wins. Let's go. <laughs> Man, this team, this Niner team just please injury gods please i'm knocking <laughs> i am knocking this team is loaded mm-hmm. it is absolutely loaded from top to bottom the fact that it did not lead in all pro selections is baffling mm-hmm. with how well everyone is playing like they're all playing well at the right t- the fact that Debo. Because what since Christian McCaffrey came, Debo has kind his role really diminished a lot. But him going off last game with that huge run, um, that huge catch and run, he looked active. He looked um, that burst was really there on against Seattle. Um, I, I think he just looks he looked a lot healthier than what we had seen earlier in the year. So if you have him. With McCaffrey playing at that level, and I think Ayuk is just another element that they have to go to anytime they want. I mean, I don't get how no one covers him on a slant or cross. Like, why are they giving him the inside? Because that is the the only two routes he does is literally inside, mm-hmm. and he is open every single time. Um, you get him involved, and then Kittle is just a luxury who, oh, by the way, can take over games with his production because he can just create huge monster plays. And your quarterback uh, is playing. I mean, th- 
<laughs> I feel like we talked about uh, Bre- Brendan was on the show before um, one of my roommates from, from Oregon and we would always have the conversation of, well, Jimmy G isn't that good of a quarterback because Kyle didn't have faith in him in the playoffs. Like he never let him actually throw. And now watching what they're doing with Purdy, like they're letting him throw. Oh yeah. And like they have, he is putting all of his faith into Purdy and it's like, well, maybe this is a little different than what they were doing with Jimmy G. Yeah. Like the, they're letting him be the catalyst and make decisions. Cause again, knock on wood, cause we don't really know, but he's not making a lot of mistakes. Nope. <laughs> so it's not just at all. It's like how, first off, how, why didn't they go to him earlier? Yeah. You, I mean, that is one of those things that you wonder, like what was, what kept Purdy from being a part of the, you know, starting job competition. So who knows, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Who cares? He's here and he's taking over. It's certainly going to make things interesting for you guys next year. Yeah. Who? I think he's done enough really by now that we could, we can sit here and say like he should probably be the starter next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, even if he were to, again, knock on wood, I don't want to say anything. But somehow, very superstitious because obviously something I say right now will impact, directly impact the result of the team that I like. But if you were to lay an egg against Dallas, it's like that doesn't ruin what he's done this year. Well, like he's playing with house money. Like he – nobody expected him to really do anything right when he came in and the fact that he's got them here and is playing this well he's already exceeded the zero expectations that were placed on him so anything at this point is just icing on the cake he, he's he's literally playing with like as good a house money as you could have well he wasn't even expected to make the team no like there, there's honestly there's like no i don't think there's like obviously there's pressure from the game but there's like no pressure on brock purdy right he's now. playing like it yeah. Well, I think the first half he played a little tight, but I mean, he is just playing with uber confidence and mm-hmm. playing. And it helps when you're playing with a lead, but um, and it helps when you can dump it down, check it down to Christian McCaffrey and he can make something happen and you um, get yak out the wazoo from everyone on the line. But I mean, that's just the system. That's just what it is. Yeah. Well, divisional round matchups are set. Jaguars, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, Cowboys, 49ers in order from Saturday to Sunday. Going to be a fun weekend. And by the way, for anybody out there who needs a little something to do, maybe maybe something to fill your time before. Go watch some girls volleyball. Go watch some girls volleyball. <laughs> um, Sorry, one. that was a joke. That's that's creepy. Please don't. If you have no if 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 a parent has to go up to you and ask which girl is yours, then there's a problem. Right. So please, please don't do that. Right. Uh, but if you're looking to fill time, I cannot recommend enough the new show that just came out, uh, The Last of Us. I just have to get this in here the last like minute and a half for anybody who's played the game. I've played them both. They're arguably my two favorite games ever. Um, the <clears throat> the show basically just ripped the story right from the game, which is exactly what you'd want for a video game adaptation, movie or show. It feels so authentic. The characters are they're spot on. They change quite a few things, but no, nothing drastic more like minor changes to kind of help the story a little bit. Any like maybe holes that they thought were there. Um, but again, if you're familiar with the last of us and the last of us too, I mean, the first one is up there and widely regarded as one of the greatest games ever. And I know the second one got a little bit of backlash, but it wasn't because of the game. It necessarily the game itself is it more a few story decisions, but honestly, I think that that's completely overblown. Um, 
the the first episode was amazing and as of right now it is the highest rated show of all time on imdb which is just hilarious i you gotta expect that that's gonna drop eventually um but it's outstanding it is absolutely outstanding and for anybody who hasn't experienced the story of the last of us i cannot recommend it more it's just it's it's amazing they have the they have the director from the game he helped direct this show. Um, so if for anybody who maybe hasn't watched the show and has played the game, the fact that they've got, you know, him working on the show, the the stamp of approval, just got to make you feel good. And you can see it in the show. It's, it's outstanding. So if you need something to watch, I cannot recommend it enough. It is worth every single second um, of your time. So just had to get that in there. Um, anyway. Divisional round. We hope you guys enjoy the football. Uh, if you also need something entertaining to watch, be sure to check out the Sacramento Kings. They're Ooh. just a blast to watch. Got to say beam, that. Got to say that right now. You can join the Beam team. Like, just it's fun to chant "Light the Beam" when they win. So, I mean, if if you're in between, if you're one of those people who are maybe new to the NBA or maybe dipping your toe to the NBA, like, hey, this is fun to watch. I, I can't recommend the Kings. Enough. They're just fun. You get to chant "Light the Beam" all the time. It's amazing. It's like an identity. So and it's one of it's one of those things that other people will just join in. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter the context or what they're doing. And if you need proof of that, you can just watch the game the other day when the Kings were in San Antonio and they won. And with a minute left in the game, you hear every like so many people in the stand in San Antonio cheering, "Light the Beam!" Like you could hear it on the broadcast. It was amazing. So. We'll be um, obviously there'll be less football to talk about next week, so the show will probably be more split up in terms of football kings, maybe a little more in depth of The Last of Us. We'll see. But until then, have a great week. Stay safe, enjoy the football, and we will see you all just a little bit later. See ya.